Hi, Nigel. Congratulations on your upcoming 500th game in charge as a, as a manager. Does it feel like 500 games to you? Oh, dear. Have you seen the grey hair? I, I didn't have a grey hair on my head before I started becoming a manager. So, um, no, I mean, it's... Uh, <laughs> I think about that and then I see Mick, Mick McCarthy's doing his thousandth game. So it just shows you. Um, it's uh, It takes quite a while to to rack up that sort of a number. But it, for me, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a, a milestone, but it's purely, purely is that. Um, I'm just uh, trying to prepare for the game in a very straightforward way. But it, uh, yeah, it makes you, I suppose it makes me reflect back um, over parts of my career. And um, yeah, I, I consider how I've possibly changed over the years as well. So, uh, yeah, all, all those things. But really, let's just leave it as it, it's a milestone and that's it. Carry on. <laughs> well, I, I, was, I was going to ask you what the secrets of longevity are. Obviously, you, you've made the comparison there with other managers who have managed longer. But yeah, yeah. there were certainly always younger managers. And we had Dean Holden before yourself, who this was his second job, but he hadn't been managing very long. What, mm. What's the secret to... For a longer career um oh i don't I, I don't think it's the same for everybody i mean i i know how um important uh different interests are for me and, and certainly i when i'm not working so in other words when i get sacked <laughs> is how it what it normally equates to uh occasionally you at least leave a job on your own terms but you know i think for the most part we all um, recognise that the volatility of football means that it's it's normally when rather than if you can leave somewhere. So you have to be able to come to terms with that and and, and try and have a um, a philosophical um, side to how you uh, how you look at things. And, and of course, what well, one of the one of the things that I always consider is how. You know, we, we all get criticised um, from time to time. And um, I think there are managers out there who have a lot thicker skin than I do, for instance. But you, 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 deal, with, um, you deal with the setbacks and you deal with criticism. But it, it, I don't think it uh, ever stops hurting you um, uh, when things don't go well. So, you know, I mean, that, that's... It's, uh, it's just one way of looking at it, but uh, I try and I try and keep some sort of a balance in my life in terms of um, interests, family, friends, etc., and do things which keep me sane. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. And um, just before discussing um, the upcoming QPR game, I just wondered if you had any further reflections on uh, the Wednesday night game against um, uh, Bournemouth, obviously. We, you debrief after the game and everything, and, and yeah. look at look at it again, but without the emotion and everything after a game. Any any further reflections? Um, only that I'm focusing on the positive aspects, and there were lots of things that we uh, I thought we did well. Um, yeah, I mean the the goals apart, it was uh, quite a positive performance. Uh, in many ways, so not just in terms of individuals, um, 
individuals uh, continuing to to uh, perform at a, a good standard, but I think collectively we we showed a bit of cohesion, which is which is always important. So the organisation of a team allows individuals to to bring their qualities to the team. I think that's the that's the important thing to remember. So yeah, it's disappointing to lose courses because we don't we don't want to lose football matches, but. Um, uh, I was, I was really pleased with the application of the players, and, and you know, they 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 train well. They're they're a, um, they're a relatively low maintenance group in in that regard, in, in the sense that um, it's it, it's when we go out in the field to train, um, they they try and execute what we're trying to do, and that's always an important aspect of it. Yeah, I was going to ask you your thoughts on the squad, but you've sort of headed me off at the pass there, there Nigel. So um, City have lost their, their last four home league games. How imperative is it that they get a result against QPR on Saturday? Well, it's important for us just in the context of the season that uh, we got beaten by Bournemouth and we want to get a response. So outside of that, I, I don't spend a lot of time looking too much at um, the statistics, um, yeah, I mean, I think it goes without saying, if you if you want to have a, a successful campaign, your home forms are always going to be very, very important. Um, but we, we shouldn't underestimate um, the difficulties of playing at your own ground without your fans there. It's, it's not, it's just not the same. And I think that that does have an influence on... On, on, on some teams, you know, and, and whether we've suffered for that reason, I would suspect that, yeah, there is a there is a, an element of that. But um, again, uh, my approach to these situations is quite straightforward, and that is uh, looking for us to perform as near to our max as possible, both as yeah, individuals, but more importantly, collectively too. So that's always my... Um, that's always the underlying theme that I, uh, that's my mantra, I suppose, um, in regard to uh, what we talk about with the players. Just um, wanted to pick you up on one thing you said there, Nigel, about the statistics. Obviously, there's a lot of talk in the game these days about data and expected goals and everything like that. Is, is that something you use in your analysis at all or, or um, maybe less so? Um, uh, to be very, very political, I like most people use statistics to um, <laughs> to paint the picture that I want to paint. You can do whatever you want with statistics. Uh, that where where it's important to me would be in terms of loading. Um, so you know, I don't want to go down to talking about the injury situation um, too much, but I think what we need to strive to do and will do is. Um, is make sure that we keep the play. We use the statistics in terms of our training um, loads to protect players and make sure we either don't get overtrained or undertrained um, players because that's really when 
they're most vulnerable and to picking up injuries when they're up, they've either done too much or not enough and and that's really the um, where I am very interested in in statistics not necessarily um, uh, the the statistics of games um, again you you have to really uh, understand how to use them because um, the the tactical uh, influence can really affect how statistics look so you know like, like I say you, you can either make them dress them dress them up and use them in a positive way or you can use them negatively that for me I'm, I, I think you it's important to combine using your experience uh, using your eyes listening to the opinions of other members of staff and of course utilizing uh, technology to to try and maximize performance because that's what it's always about it's about getting the best out of your players yeah sure and the, the club has announced that there are four players possibly in contention to play I think next week on Tuesday yeah. for the under 23s w will you go down to that game have you have you been down to the Optima Stadium before at Western Supermare I haven't been there before but I'm going to go yeah I'm going to be present at the game because it gives me another opportunity to to further look at um, some players who have not seen actually in action for us in first team action. So it's, yeah, it's it's a good opportunity for the players to, to get some pitch time, which is always um, very important for players returning to action. You know, the, the training program is one thing, but on top of that, you need some uh, exposure to pitch time to help you with your decision-making. And that's, that's, uh, uh, so it, it will be good to see players in action. Yeah. Um, just finally on the injuries, is it how far away are Jada Silva and Tommy Rowe? Do you know, Nigel, uh, are they close to returning yeah. at all? Um, well, Jay's making good progress. Um, I mean, you, you know, the extent and the, the type of injury, uh, um, uh, he's just getting used to how that feels now, uh, which is not always straightforward. Uh, and somebody who's broke my leg myself, it, it's not necessarily a um, easy thing to to deal with um, when you've got added clutter <laughs> in your leg. Place. Um, but I mean, no, he's he's making good progress. Uh, Tommy, yeah, looks good out on the field. He's been his. Uh, He's making good progression. So um, I've watched a couple of his training sessions over the during this week. Um, he's in really good spirits, and he he looks sharp. So he, he'll be, yeah, he should be uh, able to to come back into action in the next few weeks, which is great. Yeah. And Jamie Patson has been ruled out this weekend, I believe. But is he far away? He's got a, a ongoing groin problem, I believe. It, it's as I I think I spoke about this the other day. It's it's one which we, um, yeah, we we just need to be a bit patient with, and and I I don't really like to um, talk about putting timescales on it that that we can't either meet or uh, if I'm prepared to be flexible for the benefit of the player, and that's really what it's about as far as I'm concerned. Um, if it's a week, two weeks or whatever it is, it could be longer. I don't know. But the point is, when, we, when he's back, I want him to be, to feel confident that he can uh, perform and 
contribute to the team's efforts. So it's just be an ongoing uh, situation where we assess it and uh, he'll get the exposure when it's appropriate. Just lastly, on QPR, what, what, what do you make of Mark Warburton's side visiting on Saturday? Well, I think Mark's done a really good job in terms of... It's a club that likes to create some sort of stability. And I, I, think, he's done a, I think he's done a good job because they, they went through a spell where um, it was really difficult for them to find results. But, yeah, they, they, they worked their way through it. So... Um, I, I have a healthy respect for him and his and his team as well. So, uh, as always in this league, you've got to be competitive. Uh, but for me, it's about whether we can uh, improve our own performances, and uh, and we'll see. But it, it, it's it's another. There'll be a potentially a, a, another uh, type of team to play against with a different formation. So yeah, we'll. We'll see. Good luck for tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Nigel. Hope you're doing all right. Um, I just wanted to start by asking, you know, it's been, well, on Monday, it will have been two weeks since you you joined Bristol City. Mm -hmm. How are you settling in? How's it all been so far? Yeah, I'm settling in well. I mean, the priority is is to get to know the workings of the, the people at the training ground and, and get to know the players as well as possible. So I've not really outside of that had a chance to, to, to see much uh, of the, either the city or the area. So um, yeah, my time's really uh, taken up by, um, yeah, working at, as I should do, work at my job. So, I mean, that's the most important thing. How, um, if at all, have your impressions of the team and the squad in general changed since, you know, from what you expected coming in to now that you've had a couple of games and a fair few training sessions under the belt? Um, I don't know whether you'll believe <laughs> what I say in, when, I, when I talk about, I have a very open mind on how things look. So uh, one of the things which I... I'm always keen to do is not to uh, form too many or have too many preconceived ideas. I think it's really open. Um, it's important rather to, to go into a, a, a new situation with, um, yeah, with, goes without saying open eyes, but you've got to really have a, um, You've got to be able to to see things for what they are and form your own opinions. But that's not to say I didn't have an idea of how I felt um, I needed to work when I came in. Because, you know, I do think uh, giving some sort of clarity of message is very, very important, especially when people are experiencing change. So I I think that's good practice to to do that, um, to be as open as possible. So yeah, I've come in here. It's been a very hectic um, 10 days so far or whatever it is. <laughs> it's all a blur, but um, no, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I think striking up some really good uh, working relationships with people, which is always something I'm keen to do. Um, you know, I think it's important to uh, understand how other people see their roles as well. Um, uh, and 
all those things together uh, help to establish a, a positive working environment. I think that's always that we, we would all, I, I think, like to be in a positive working environment. I think that's, I'm no different to that. So um, I, I think that's one of the, one of my priorities for sure. One thing you said to Gregor was that you feel the squad is low maintenance on the training pitch. I just wonder if the the players at Bristol City are different in any way to to teams and squads that you've worked with in the past. Yeah, we're talking about working uh, working with uh, a, a very complex dynamic, aren't we? We're lots of in, they're all individuals. Um, the structure and working practices that you have bring individuals together. And that's the, that's the, the exact, I mean, that's what it's all about. Um, what I mean by them being low maintenance is that they, there are lots of good professionals here in terms of um, them. Uh, it, what is quite a, I don't know whether people really quite understand how um, different it is for, for, for us working in football, for players in particular, that with all the, uh, COVID-related protocols, it's a completely different um, working day. And so we still have to be, you know, we're tested twice a week and we still have to be very mindful of um, adhering to the best way of um, minimising risk in, in regard to, to COVID. So it's, ne it's not as easy as I think people may expect it to be you know the, the they are social animals and I, I really like to encourage areas of the training ground to be social hubs for them so that they they get to know each other so that they they don't just talk football and they don't just um, play play and train football together that they have this uh, yeah option to be either social or or not um, but of course, it, it's it's not easy, and certainly it will be a lot easier for us when when the new training ground is up and running. Um, but uh, so, if you think about when a team's going through a bad run, and one of the things that you really like to try and get players to do is to is to be together to to try and find a positive way of coming through it. So, um, you know, it, it it isn't a surprise to me when. Uh, when teams sometimes struggle and can't re-establish a positive feel because, um, yeah, it's, uh, the environment has a big bearing on that. And just lastly, I'm assuming that, you know, now it has been 10 days or whatever that you've got some sort of living arrangements set up in Bristol. Um, if that is the case, I wonder if you can confirm whether or not that is with, with Joey Barton after the, uh, the comments he made when you first signed up. <laughs> Whether my living arrangements with Joey, I think I think although we are we we really do get on and, and uh, obviously when we work together, um, I'm I'm quite a bit older than him, so I was I was a coach and he was a player, but we, I I really like Joey a lot and um, yeah he's a he's a, a really bright and funny guy as well, but and a really good football person. But I don't think um, if I don't think it's going to be possible for us to live together. Um, 
there was a sitcom years ago and it was called The Odd Couple. And I don't think I don't think we're gonna be the next cast for that show for sure. I might make a good sitcom now. I think that's probably true. Well, possibly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cheers, Nigel. Um, okay, no problem. Thank you. Cheers.